0: but i found that through christ that's where the, the true freedom and the true liberty is
1: and every one of us came here with something we can do and and my only hope is just to maximize it
0: holy are the peacemakers i mean that gives it a whole new perspective you know this is the way to progress on the covenant path Hello and welcome to Latter-day Profiles. I'm Brian Howard, we're here at the LDS Motion Picture Studio in Provo, Utah and joining me today is Marshall and Michelle Moore, welcome.
2: Thank you. Good,
0: good to have you here. They are the co-directors and owners of Zion's Ending Film Fest. If you don't recognize that, it's formerly the LDS Film Festival and we talk about the change in name. And you took over, I believe we we're talking about in 2022 mm-hmm. as the first year you fully took over, announced it the year before. So as we're recording this, the film festival is coming up. And as I was talking to Michelle earlier, she had days and hours counted down. So it's uh, it's scared. coming right up. It's an exciting time. <laughs> She's got a timer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk a little bit about your backgrounds. Michelle, I'll start with you. Your background is in in PR, and you've been connected with the film industry. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. I think right now you're president of your own PR group, right?
1: That, and I also work for Living Scriptures. We have oh, okay. a, um, a platform called Living Cinema, so I'm the director oh, yeah. over that, run a film festival. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, I love everything film. Um, but my background really started in publishing, so I, I did a lot of um, indie, self-published authors. I also was the senior publicist at Deseret Book for a couple of years. And that's, you know, where I really honed in just opportunities and connections and, you know, meeting people in the media so that we could give just great content. Right. And finding that that story in that niche that would resonate with audiences. And then when I met um, this amazing man, <laughs> we met in my gosh.
2: 2011. Yeah,
1: 2011. Yeah. We met. He was the director of the Utah Film Commission. And again, I was just in publishing. and started meeting a lot of local filmmakers and there really wasn't anybody that was servicing on a PR and a marketing you know, brand level um, locally. And right. so I was able to just kind of explain what I do and, and instead of finding book reviewers, I was finding movie critics. And <laughs> you know, instead of pitching you know, release dates, I was pitching theatrical releases. So it really just transitioned naturally. Um, I've now done about 38, 39 films. Wow over the course of 10 years, and um, just so grateful for those relationships that I've made with the filmmakers, the actors, producers, um, and distributors, and it's just really, it's been fun because about here in Utah, and, and I'm finding that all, all over the place, it's, it's a film family, right? Like it's not just a, like a, I don't know, a temp job or something, like you really become like a family. And so it was nice for me to be able to work with people that Marshall has worked with for decades because he's been in this industry for a long time. And just to be able to, to get to know them on a personal and, and community
0: base too. Hmm. I'm curious, before I get to Marshall's background, uh, when we talk about doing PR and publicizing for movies and such, it's like, okay, what does that mean? Because uh, we see a movie poster, is that it? Is it a TV commercial? What goes into it?
1: Yeah, there's so much. And, and I love working on a team of people also. But you're right, like the trailer, The key art, the behind the scenes, you know, little snippets and vignettes that you can release, and then gearing up for that big opening weekend. I mean, independent films, um, LDS, you know, or even faith based films, they live and die on that opening weekend because it is a business. And so theaters are looking at, you know, what is performing. And so our focus as a marketing and publicity team is that we're trying to hit all the talking points, all the reasons why you should see that film, but also driving it for a specific time. Um, and then, you know, if the filmmaker did their job and I did my job, there's word of mouth and then there's, you know, it stays in the theater a little bit longer, too.
2: And you're, and you're getting them on TV, you're putting right. them on the radio, yeah. all building up to that release. Right.
1: Yeah. All
2: Which of it.
0: I think involves creating a lot of relationships, right? I would assume, right? Because when you call, you want them to yes. actually get the people on the TV show. Right. That kind of and stuff.
1: that's what that's. That, I would say, is one of my gifts. And one of the things that I like to do most is I'm most interested in that relationship with that producer or that host or, you know, um, writer. Like, I'm interested in really knowing who they are and how I can be of service to them. Like, Mm -hmm. what type of story works best for your audience? And
0: find that. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, Marsha, you've been involved with film for... A long time. I was looking add yeah. your background, <laughs> career path. You worked on Touch by an Angel, yeah. uh, manager of location, location manager for 20 years on the Utah Film Commission and then also the director of the Utah Film Commission and currently uh, VP of operations and marketing at the Utah Film Studios in Park City. Say. Yes. Right. Lots of stuff yeah. going on. So tell us a little bit about your career path. What uh, got you, obviously you're passionate about film. What got you interested?
2: Well, I call it my accidental career. Uh, and, and a lot of people have that, you know, where you don't know exactly what you're gonna do, then one day it hits, yep. and, and mine happened. My my parents dabbled in the film industry. My stepfather was a screenwriter for a television series in the 1970s. Uh, my mom was an aspiring actress. So I was always around in that environment, and she ended up working on, uh, you know, no, a number of different lots in Los Angeles, like mm. MGM and Paramount. And she'd bring me to these lots, and I'd run around, you know, the, the studios watching, Uh, She'd introduced me to people I didn't know who they were then, but now I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) She worked for Sam Peckinpah. I don't know if you know him, big time Western director. So uh, all those things, uh, you know, I kind of was on the periphery of all that and and when I went to college I had no intention really to to work in the film industry. I was I was, uh, you know, thinking it could be fun but I want to be a psychologist. That's what I really wanted to do. But then one day it hit my stepfather had written a script ten years earlier He had delivered this script to Katharine Hepburn Mm. and because he wrote it for her, there was no way he could get it to her, and and finally, this is a a famous story in Hollywood, you can look it up, he literally took the script and threw it over her back fence. (laughs) And she got it, read it, contacted him, and then a number of years later, a a company called Canon Films picked it up and bought it and made it in New York City. And that was my very first job. I left college to go work as a production assistant mm. in New York City in 1983 wow. on my stepdad's script. So I was there for like four months. I came back. Turned out that this Canon Films had an office on the West Coast, too. they were mm. New York, Los Angeles. True. So they put me to work in their corporate office where I was cataloging their music library. And then they say, hey, we're making this movie called Breakin'. It was a breakdance movie mm-hmm. from uh, 1984 and uh, we're gonna send you out on set and you're gonna work as a set PA uh, for, the, for the assistant directors. So that was my first experience where I you know, charged the walkie talkies every day and wrangled the extras and all that and then it just kind of took off from there. But during that first run with Breakin, I was in the production office and the location manager got fired. Oh. They replaced him with the guy in the wardrobe department who was very savvy to Los Angeles area but he said he needed an assistant, and he looked around the PA pool, he said, who, who of you can take pictures? And I said, I can, and I have a camera in my car. It was in my <laughs> trunk. And he goes, here, go to these addresses, take pictures for me, and, and bring them back. And that's what started my, my career as an assistant location manager, then as a location manager.
0: Yeah, tell us about you a know, location manager. It sounds simple enough, but it's actually got a lot of parts to it, I'm sure. What, what does a location manager do?
2: Uh, creative and logistics really so in the beginning you work with the creative team you're the first one hired read the script break it down meet with the director meet with the production designer and then you determine you know what's going to be built on a stage like this or what's going to be shot on on location Mm -hmm. once we figure that out then we meet about okay what kind of house is it what kind of river is it what kind of lake is it you know cabin whatever and then we then i spend a few weeks on my own trying to figure it out and then it just becomes a parade of taking the director, the production designer, producer, to visit all these locations until you n- narrow it down to your final choices. You usually have two or three options for one location that you end up seeing in the finished product. Mm. So then uh, you know, once that's over with, your hat changes, comes off as creative, now all of a sudden you're logistics. Mm. And now you're putting together things like, where's everybody gonna park every day? Does everybody eat lunch? Where are the bathrooms? Uh, where's <laughs> security? Permits? Contracts with the property owners, you know, and, and being in front of the company all the time so that when they arrive every day, when 150, 200 people arrive every day, they have a place to park, you know, and, and, the sh- and you're all legal, you know, and <laughs> that's so right. that, that's what it is. It's, it's part creative, part logistics, and putting those two together. Is really what a
0: location manager does. Mm. I mean, you worked for quite a while on Touch by an Angel*, right? And that was shot here in Utah. Is that correct? Right.
2: Yeah. Shot about 215 episodes of *Touched by an Angel* uh, between 2000. Let's see, 1994 and 2003. Uh, I worked on 180 or so of those episodes as the location manager and supervising location manager. Got so big towards the end, we had a department of like eight people. Wow. Because there was no standing sets. You know, typical series, you have a set that's there and you go back to that all the time. Touched by an Angel is a new location, new place every week. Wow. And we shot 22 episodes a season. Yikes. You know, hour long TV. So, yeah, that was um, a really good good run. Great for the state of Utah, uh, too. Uh, You know, over $200 million pumped into the economy.
0: Yeah. Well, I I was listening to a podcast that you did, and I thought it was uh, kind of funny. You know, you took a job now with the Utah Film Commission, and as you walked in, no craft service. What a downer. (laughs) (laughs) You've heard that story, yeah.
2: That's a great story. So, uh, you want me to share it? Yeah, you bet. So, my whole life I've worked in the the film industry, right? And every day you show up, there's always food, right? There's snacks, and then you get a catered lunch, and this is the only job I knew. I mean, I worked at a grocery store in, uh, in college, you know, but... For 20 years, i have been showing up and food was ready for me. Pre-production, they had a snack room, take what you want. So my first day working for the state of Utah, I'm looking for the free food. I'm like, <laughs> I go into the break room and there's machines and you gotta pay, you know? And all these people are having brown bags and lunch. And I'm like, so <laughs> then what happened was I, I went to my coworkers and I said, hey, what's going on with the food? And I, I told them, I'm like, I'm so used to it. I wasn't even prepared to, not t- to bring a lunch today. So the next day, I sh- I show up to work, and they had a little paper plate for me with like a little tiny three musketeers. Bar- <laughs> they were like weaning me off of the craft service, you know, you know, you know, some peanuts and you know, and a drink, and they they got that together for me, and then they said, no, you got you got to bring your own food <laughs> here, do, do pay it, for your own lunch.
0: Do it on your own. <laughs> yeah. Well definitely a long career. Let's talk about the the film festival. How did you get uh, interested in taking on the film festival which was going on I think 2001 is that right? Was it Christian? Yeah
1: yeah, with Christian and I had worked with Kels Goodman who's the um, previous owner and I ran the PR and marketing for him for a couple of years and so I got a little taste of what it was like right the The promotion of it and just kind of the ins and outs um one of the skill sets that marshall and i don't have is is it and you know you talk to me about dcps and all these different files and ratios and i'm just like great um so that's one thing you know that we have a a, an amazing programmer um kel's helped us the first year when we took over but we have um bradley olson that's doing it this year but we got involved um really really early on Um, we were attenders like we would attend uh the oh, Utah film? film Commission and the yo, film yo. studio have always been sponsors right. of, the, um, of the LDS Film Festival, now Zion's Indie Film Fest. So it was a natural fit. And I remember Kels and I would have the conversation and I would sneak it into Marshall here and there. <laughs> and he just was, no, we can't do that. We're so busy. You know, we, At the time, our two youngest girls were still at home. They're heavily involved in, in athletics and softball. And, and he was right. Like our bandwidth was already just maxed out. Um, but I just kept filling these promptings and, and I just knew that this was something that we needed to do that we, um, and, and Kells was ready to move from it. Like that was the biggest thing he wanted to just be, um, not just be, cause it's amazing, but he wanted to be a filmmaker again. Yeah. He did not want to run the logistics and the promotion, um, and the branding of a festival. He wanted to be part of the festival, he wanted to submit films to the festival and and we saw that in him. He's an amazing creative um, individual. And so I think, you know, that was once Marshall saw that Kells, that that was truly what his heart desired, that he truly wanted to walk away, you know, and and release it to someone that would continue the legacy. And that was one of our big things is we didn't want to come in and just shake the snow globe of a festival and make it totally different than what, you know, people had become had beloved, like mm-hmm. this is a beloved film festival. Yeah. Lots and lots of filmmakers started as student films, you know, in this festival. And um, so, you know, we talked about like what does it look like with us. And I think with Marshall's operation experience, you know, all the things he just explained being a location manager and with my marketing and PR um, experience, it was a good marriage mm-hmm. and it was a good passing of the baton mm-hmm. to say.
0: So you did uh, made a uh, change to the name. Tell us a little bit about the thought behind that, behind the change of the name.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, you know, the first thing we did was assemble a board of directors, Mm. and um, they were all industry-related people from different parts of the industry. Right. And then we sent out a uh, a poll to those who have had films in the film festival before, just to get some feedback. Do you think we should change the name? Overwhelmingly, they said yes. Only because we were just in this, we weren't able to expand as much as we would like to under that name. It was successful to that point, but then we found out that filmmakers were not submitting to the festival because they thought that it had to be an LDS, you had to be an LDS filmmaker, had to be an LDS film, a gospel topic. Uh, no, it just had to be you know viewable for families. You know. Mm-hmm. Faith-based was okay, but it didn't even have to be that, but that message wasn't clear under that under that title Mm -hmm. So the number one priority for our newly formed board was you have to change the name And so we we stewed on a little bit, you know made a list of all these names and when we looked up the word Zion We saw that uh, one of the definitions is gathering place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so It was so funny the other day. Actually, in the last couple of weeks, a lot of people said to me, you mean I've got to come down to Southern Utah to see your (laughs) festival? Is it in Zion National Park? They have this tendency to think of Zion as a geographical area, right? Red Rock and all that, which is fine. But but then when you explain, Zion is wherever like-minded people are, people that have the same thoughts, ideas. So we said, this is a gathering place. So Zion is appropriate because people that are involved with film, have made films um, are uh, coming together, yep. gathering and then celebrating those films and connecting with each other. And we saw that really as the Zion experience.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Zion, yes. The gathering of the pure and heart filmmakers, right? The- right. <laughs> and the <laughs> audiences. Like
1: that was the next goal that we wanted is we wanted to bridge that gap between, you know, bringing great content um, so the, you know, with the filmmaker and the audience is bridging that gap and giving. The opportunity for their film to be seen on a big screen, we do, it's it's a very immersive film festival. You know, we have Q um, and A's afterwards and I'm so excited. So switching the year, like our, we've doubled our programming. So we have over 83 films wow. that are programmed um, for this year. And the submission, the amount of submissions have increased. There's people that are, they have never submitted to our film festival, you know, from all over the world. Um, a lot of filmmakers also were coming into Utah, which hasn't been the case. Like, you know, we've had a half a dozen or so in past years, but we've got almost 20, 25 filmmakers that are coming in uh, to be part of the of Ziff. Yeah.
0: That's impressive. What is, uh, so putting on a film festival, obviously there's a lot that goes into it, right? Logistically and getting that many films. What's the criteria you have when someone submits a film? uh, What's the board looking for to say this is the right kind of film for our festival? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. And we did keep that the same as the LDS Film Festival's criteria. You know, so we want it to be, you know, PG, PG PG-13, you know, rating as far as, you know, you can take your family to see this. I'd also say that we one of the questions we ask our judges is, "Did this film inspire you?" Mm. And so that's you know we are looking for those things that bring entertainment and that uplift your spirit and cause you to pause and think and you know how can I become a better person? How can I be um, a light unto other people? And I think that film is a beautiful platform to be able to be expressive and to be able to connect with people. Um, and I think that's you know that's what we're we're shooting for as far as the process like there's all film festivals use it's a it's called film freeway hmm. but we have screeners we have different people that will just screen those films to make sure that they um, meet that criteria marshall and i i can say for sh- we had over almost 200 submissions and we did watch all of those submissions marshall and i did and a lot of watching. it was a lot <laughs> it was a lot of watching <laughs> yeah um but we had others you know that were screening also and so we then Pass forward to our judges an X amount you know mm. per um, category that we could program, and then they rank those films so we don't have an influence on the scoring of the films we just make sure that what's, um, what's being passed to our judges is acceptable meets, for program criteria, the criteria, yeah. criteria. Yeah. Yeah.
0: what's the purpose you know two, two things what's the purpose of a film festival whether they exist and couple that with the purpose of this film festival in particular
2: mm. Well, it's an outlet for filmmakers that don't have any distribution. They get to showcase their, their films that they've put a lot of time, yeah. money, energy, heart into, and we give them a format, a place to, to showcase them in front of an audience on a big screen. Mm. It may be the only time these filmmakers have their film shown on a big screen, you know, with all the latest in. And how you view things, you know, sure, streaming yeah. and at home and all that. So, that's one thing that we're able to do is uh, to give them that opportunity. And these are anything from big feature films to documentary features mm-hmm. to documentary shorts, short films, music videos. And so, you want to encourage those filmmakers to keep creating. And the more they do it, the better they get at it. And so, there are films that come out of this festival that have, you know, mainstream releases. And that's yeah. the idea, you know, on a smaller scale from the Sundance Film Festival, let's sure. say. Sure. But there are opportunities for these films to be seen, to be showcased, to be marketed, to be branded, to be get the filmmakers on TV, and then establish themselves as, as uh, you know, f- capable filmmakers.
1: Yeah, I would just add, it helps with the word of mouth. So, you know, having the background of being on a theatrical release team, um, using, festivals as a springboard into your rollout campaign for um, theatrical release is really smart for filmmakers. We saw that last year when we had our opening night film as Waterman with the story of Duke Wanamoko. The director was um, Isaac Halasima who I'd worked with in previous on a a previous project. But we rolled out at um, the festival and then they had a just a fantastic. theater run and, you know, they were in other festivals as well. Like Hawaii just ate up that movie. It was a beautiful, beautiful documentary. Now it's
2: on PBS? Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: yeah, streaming on PBS. But yeah, like that would be another another point into why you would, you know, come to the festival is, is to have a goal in mind. And that's what we want to help filmmakers see is like, hey, you're, you're running the festival circuit, but why? Like, what are you getting out of it? What's helping your project, you know, mm. move forward? Who are you meeting? And that's the other thing that we're, you know, we're bringing in some just amazing people um, that can collaborate, right? There's networking opportunities. There's just, yeah, I think, you know, new faces, new energy. Like, that's what we're really excited about, too.
0: How's the quality of films? You know, it's easier to make a film now because the equipment is mm-hmm. more accessible. What's, what's the quality like? You've you viewed a lot of films. so. Hopefully yes. most of them are really good, but probably not of them were as good as you wanted them to be.
1: Although all I will say all the ones that we passed, pressed forward are really good. There were some that um, you could tell were just dabbling in it, you know, or just learning and, and that's still important. And we still see, you know, we see the vision of what they had. Um, Marshall and I are not, like we're definitely used to seeing a rough cut of a film before so we can understand what a rough cut looks like versus the final project. Um, I would say for me at least, as we were watching them this year, the storylines, the creativity of the writing really was um, impressive. I and mean, you
2: have to applaud anyone right. that can mm-hmm. concept an idea and then get people together to help and, and then tell a story that makes sense, you know, and, you know, taking it all through post-production, adding the music and all that. That's, that's a feat in and of itself, and that, that needs to be recognized and, and applauded, you yes. know? And so that, that's another thing about those films, too. I mean, the ones that didn't make it in, still have merit. Yes. and just weren't a good fit for for this festival.
1: And yeah. our timing, like if we, you know, if we had four more days, more days yeah. there, was, there were some others that we would have pressed forward because mm. they were, it wasn't that everything, that we just, re, that we accepted everything that was good. No, we had to, you know, we had to reject, I guess, some of the films that we still liked and that were still great quality, but it just didn't score high enough, you gotcha. know on the others too. Uh, That makes
0: sense. Mm -hmm. And I've attended the film film festival. One thing I have noticed, it seems like there is a pretty strong community. People who know each other, kind of a networking event. Uh, Have you noticed that? Obviously you've been involved with film here for a long time. Mm -hmm. Seems like there is a pretty uh, good community of people who like to help each other work together.
1: It's like a class reunion.
2: It is. And, And you know, there's like, what we're trying to do, like I said, Zion, gather together. What we have found, or what I have found, is there's kind of two different film groups in the state, Mm -hmm. at least in Utah. And um, you got the ones that are, uh, you know, doing things on their own, getting out there, fundraising, making you know small budget films and creating great content. And then you've got the ones that are working on the big, you know, union studio shows like, you know, Yellowstone and High School Musical and, and things like that. So we're trying to bring that world in with the independent Mm -hmm. filmmaker world together at the festival. So we've invited a number of those uh, crew members that work on those big budget union shows to come be part of the festival this year at our panel and workshop. Series. Oh,
0: that'd be wonderful. Well, as I said, as we're recording this, then uh, the festival for this year will have passed, but we gotta always look forward to 2024. Same kind of time period. If you looked I obviously you plan way ahead. Yes. And 2024, same kind of schedule somewhere in the spring.
1: Yeah, there'll be a couple of things that um, we'll announce now because, you know, it will have been announced by the time that this is showing Um, a few things. We're looking to expand and have a a Monday through a Saturday festival for those reasons that we talked about earlier is that our submissions continue to increase the quality of those films continue to increase. And we want to be able to provide, you know, more, more content, you know, for people to, to take in. The other thing that we are doing is um, we're introducing another category. So we, um, are excited to announce that we'll have a screenwriting category. Oh, wow. yeah. So that will be something new that we um, are doing. Oh,
2: and the table reads. Yeah,
1: this and the, it came about, you know, there's some strategicness to this also. I, I don't know if anyone's been to a table read, and I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, what is a table read? So it's basically where you have a script and you have different actors that are just reading the parts to kind of see if the flow of the story is, you know, is in sync, if there's any holes and things like that. I have had such an amazing time just to be able to be part of that creative process and and so we wanted to open that up so this year at the festival we have four um, scripts that are being read so the the writers and the directors are bringing in different you know, people to read each of those parts, but we're doing that right In before, front of an audience, yeah. oh, so there'll be an yeah. audience. Oh, be uh, yeah. Yeah. Get so some they, direct
0: reaction. Exactly, oh, yeah.
1: exactly. So feedback, interaction, are they laughing when I thought that they would be laughing? You know, those type of things. So we're providing just this other, I guess, opportunity, again, through the whole process of, you know, from, from writing to on the big screen. So those are some of the things that we'll be gearing up for, for 2024.
2: Yeah. Well, she's going to run Monday through Saturday next year. I'm still going to work Wednesday <laughs> Wednesday through Saturday. So. Pick your hours, uh, it's a right? too much for me. <laughs> uh, well, it's been
0: a pleasure to talk with you, Marshall and Michelle Moore, the co-directors of the uh, now Zions Indie Film Fest. Yes. So look forward to that and uh, mark your calendar when it's coming up. It's a great experience. So thank you very much thank for you. coming to be on thank the you. show. Thank you.